0: Numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on
2: VSAN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Wednesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSAN, the Sports Betting Network, VSAN.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube, TV. All brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, Brian Ortega in the chair today. One more morning for Jeff Parlay. Jeff Parley still feeling under the weather. We hope he gets better. Brian, you good? Doing good. It's a real pleasure every day to see just see your face. Ah, that's very kind of you. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, Later on the show, Brian may even have some TV show recommendations for us. We'll get there because Brian, of course, is Mr. Entertainment. Is that what you're known as here, Mr. Entertainment? I think so. I think I stay up to date on,
3: on pop culture and Vegas. Vegas is my thing.
2: Vegas is your thing. Perhaps a podcast in the future. I don't want to say any names because I don't want to like break the news here, but he's working on something. Is that OK? Oh, yeah. OK. It's
3: it's, it's in the works
2: for it's sure. In, it's in the works. He just wants to get it. Perfect. Uh, on the show today, a flood of guests. Uh, we have flooded the zone with uh, Jake Hahn from Mayo Media Network. We will talk hockey with Jake. John Legesa also on Major League Baseball. Josh Towers, Hey, our buddy Josh Towers. No, don't Josh. He'll show up. We'll talk baseball with him, Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke, uh, Brady Cannon on golf. We'll talk college baseball with Brad Porras. Uh, so a whole bunch of folks on the show today looking forward to those discussions. Before we get into anything, Brian, will you indulge me if I if I get into some gill news? Is that how we should start every show? I think we
3: should. We and have now to. now
2: for some gill news. No, so the only reason I do this, and I know it's like, hey, this is not what you tune in for, but... Um, last night was my last night on primetime action here on the network, a show that I have had done for two years with my buddies, Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin. And so I just wanted to, because there was some, I'm getting a whole bunch of tweets where like, are you leaving? No, I'm not leaving Beeson. I'm not leaving Beeson at all. Still doing a numbers game that has not changed, nor by the way, has primetime action gone anywhere. Uh, they will still do primetime action. And I just wanted to say, though, because I never get a chance to really flesh it out here on this show, so I'm only I'm only leaving that show, and the only reason I'm leaving is that I did it for two years, and doing two shows for, for two years, as the great Patrick Maher can tell you, as a matter of fact, uh, it's a grind. And at some point, as much as we love what we do, you do sort of lose your life. You become less of a human being, and your work-life balance gets completely thrown out of whack. So... That's the only reason I'm leaving that show. Had it not been for Matt and Kelly and Daniele before that, Danielle Alvari, who hosts the L.A. City cast now, uh, I would have left a long time ago. But we honestly, and I just want to just pay tribute to those guys. We had a blast for two years on that show. Uh, we looked forward to coming in every night. Every night when we showed up there, we were happy to hang out with each other. Uh, imagine that, Brian. Dudes who, who like hanging out with each other in sports betting. Imagine that. That usually goes good together. Well, you know, it's just not the, the, the greatest corner of the world, typically, in terms of attitudes, right? That's but we, we just had a ball. We And and more than that, more than the fact that we had fun, I hope what that show has done over the last two years and continues to do now in my absence, which I'm sure it will because Matt and Kelly are there, is we, we didn't try to be anything we weren't. We didn't try to be expert in sports that we weren't. Um, and we sort of were we, we wanted to open the book on on how we thought about sports betting and that's the one thing that I, I definitely wanted to say to Matt and Kelly which I did last night which is I loved the fact that even though we had disagreements on you know on bets as any sports betters would our betting value system if you will was very simpatico we we believed in things the, the things that we thought were important we generally believed were important the things that we thought were actually unimportant that others make seem perhaps important, whether it's trends or, or, or that kind of thing. Uh, we were really on the same page with that kind of stuff. And so I hope that that resonated. I hope that that came through over the last two years. But again, they will continue with that show. Um, I think here in the short term, anyway, Ben Wilson, our very own Ben Wilson, who has braced uh, this desk here over the last couple of weeks, talking college baseball. Ben will be back here on Friday. Uh, he will do a couple nights a week with Matt and Kelly. Um, Wes Reynolds, the glue that holds this whole operation together. West Reynolds will do primetime action, seven PM Eastern, four PM Pacific, Monday through Friday for two nights. And Jeff Parlay, Brian, Jeff Parlay will do Friday nights short term with the guys.
4: How about that?
3: I mean, I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah, no, but more, I mean I've what I've what more done more shows you of, ask I've for? done a four hour show by himself. So giving him a co host
2: it's like a kid in a candy store. It's, it's, uh, again, as I said yesterday when Ben was here, and I was like, Ben, when can you be on the show to talk college baseball? What, what days work for you this week? And he said, Oh, Tuesday and Friday, because I do another show the other, the other days of the week. And then I quickly responded. And I was like, Yeah, because anyone who does two shows a day, what a schmuck that guy would be. So I think he saw the, <laughs> I think he saw the, uh, the joke therein. But anyway, uh, so that's all that's happening. I'm just leaving that show. I'm not leaving a numbers game. Um, I will be here doing this. And so, along those lines, and primetime action will continue to go. But I but love those guys. Honestly, if it weren't for Matt and Kelly, I'd have left a long time ago. But we had such a great time. Okay, so bets, college baseball. And I know this has been a thing here on this show where there's got to be a few people listening like, really with the college baseball? Yes, really with the college baseball. If if we're trying to make money here, this has been the most consistent moneymaker. And I'm not talking about just having the futures, which I get. Maybe you missed the boat on futures. But day in, day out, and I hope you played both mine and Ben's plays yesterday. I had Texas A&M as a dog at plus 124 by the time that game had the first pitch yesterday. Texas A&M was a favorite because their ace Detmers was on the hill, and he was spectacular for the Aggies. Aggies get it done. And then Ben Wilson, great reasoning for why he had Arkansas over Auburn, Arkansas crushed Auburn and Arkansas got the win. So I hope you jumped on those two. So today there's two more games. Now, again, this is the thing to sort of give context to the college baseball postseason regionals, super regionals and Omaha, the world series 64 to 16 to eight. And now there's four, there's four left. Uh, by the way, Brian, I have a Ole Miss future at hundred to one. They are the short shot to win it right now, and I have Texas A&M at 40-1 to from before the regionals. So this is getting super exciting. But where we are right now is it's it's not simple enough to call it the final four, even though these are the four remaining teams. And what I mean by that is not all of these four teams are created equal at this point. Ole Miss and Oklahoma are the two teams in the catbird seat, meaning— they have to win just one of the next two games, Oklahoma and Ole Miss, Oklahoma against a and Ole Miss against Arkansas. Those two squads just need to win one of the next two games to advance to the best-of-three championship series, which will determine college baseball's national champion. Now, Texas a and Arkansas, conversely, those two teams have to win twice in a row over the next two games. If they lose today, they're done and the other team advances. But if they win two in a row, they will advance to the best of three college baseball championship series. So I already have a play again today, and yes, it is on Texas A&M at plus 115. Always shop around for these prices. And now the reason for the for going with the Aggies here, and we'll talk to Brad Porras about this later, is we're on with Detmers. Detmers was announced as the ace yesterday for the Aggies, and that was a bit of a a sort of strategic gamble by Texas A&M because they're like, well, let's get this win now. And Detmers, here was the thing. Detmers was their ace all season, took them to the SEC West Championship. But in the regionals and the super regionals, he kind of lost it a bit. There was some notion about a blister, but he was, you know, not himself. Yesterday, he was himself, and he was awesome, and he did the job, and Texas A&M advances with that win yesterday, past Notre Dame. Notre Dame, the team that had beaten the behemoth that was Tennessee. So a and has gotten to this point now, but your ace is clear now. Detmers is out, and so you won't be able to pitch him either today or tomorrow in these two games against the Sooners. But today is what one would call a bullpen day then. And you're like, wait a minute, but I thought you said if they, if they lose, they're done. That is correct. But in some ways, their bullpen patchwork is as good as Detmers himself. So a and is the play at plus 115. No disrespect to Oklahoma, which has been great. But if you're giving me the Aggies as a dog again, plus 115 is the play. By the way, no play for Arkansas Ole Miss. I'm just going to ride out the future at hundred to one. And uh, Ole Miss has not only not lost here in the College World Series 2-0, Ole Miss has not lost a game in the postseason. Regionals, Super Regionals, or in Omaha for the College World Series. And keep in mind, the this, this story for Ole Miss, 100-to-1 ticket that is now the short shot. <sighs> what could go wrong, by the way? Ole Miss got into the round of 64, much like we think of for March Madness, where some teams in the, in the Power Five conferences kind of get in as an at-large bid because they're a Power Five and they don't really necessarily deserve it. Ole Miss was kind of that team in college baseball. A lot of controversy to them getting into the round of 64 and the regionals just to begin with. And then in the round of 64, they had to play their regional, their pot of four teams, which only one team came out of to advance to the Super Regionals. They had to play it in Miami. And there was tropical storm watches in Miami that threatened to scuttle the entire thing. And if that were the case, Miami would have advanced automatically out of that region, the University of Miami. So they were they were able to get through that by weather luck, if you will, as well. Because Miami, the University of Miami, was perfectly content not playing those games and advancing. So Ole Miss, controversially in it, quite frankly, got through the tropical storm, haven't lost a game. And here they are now from a 100 to one shot to the short shot. But I'm not playing anything in that game. We'll find out later if Brad Porras has anything in that ballgame. That's the second one. First one this morning, though, again, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. I am on a against Oklahoma. Remember, a must win not only today, but the next game against Oklahoma to advance. And if I, the, the best scenario for me, Brian, would be if a can face Ole Miss in the best-of-three championship. If that's the case, I can't lose with a 40-to-1 or a 100-to-1. It just becomes a rooting for which, which is the case. Uh, which one would give me more money, obviously, which would be the Ole Miss one. But first things first, today's games— Oklahoma wins, Ole Miss wins. Again, just to repeat the format, there's no more but the best of three. Oklahoma and Ole Miss will advance right to the best of three championship series. We'll talk uh, Wimbledon odds a little later on the show. Uh, We'll take a look at those. We do have a special Wimbledon podcast on Friday, the Beating the Book podcast. It's another thing. I'll be able to do more Beating the Book episodes. How about that? Dan Weston. Drew Dinsick and I will talk Wimbledon on Friday in the podcast. John Legason next, though, on Major League Baseball. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit NFL.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ
8: Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six man of the year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it all?
0: I said, said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college You
5: think I need it?
8: (laughs) Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Won't take you but a few seconds. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. That won't take you but a few minutes and then you start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. It's that simple. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms of conditions must be 21 or older and physically located in nevada please gamble responsibly gambling problem as always call 1-800-522-4700 he does cork stats over at the mayo media network he also writes for the athletic ladies and gentlemen he's everywhere these days
6: he's john legesa how you doing john What's up, man? Yeah, I guess I'm kind of ubiquitous right now. All you have to do to find me is just open your ears. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, is that John? I
2: think I hear John over there. So (laughs) from across the coast, (laughs) before we get into anything specific, uh, you and I were texting back and forth without like being sort of like detailed on this. You, you, We thought we had or you thought you had uncovered something in terms of, oh, yeah. hey, they're not showing money lines at the same times as, as, as the same screens as run lines on a first five. But, but we have dispelled that, right? That was just a timing thing, we think.
6: Well, unless you pulled some strings, what we were getting at, everyone, is. And it really comes down to something we always speak about, which is maximizing price to find value. And especially for baseball betting, it's very important to understand the disparity between the money line and the run line whenever placing a bet. Before you place a baseball bet, you should always at least understand and identify it and certain books are not putting the run line and the money line on the same page was something i mentioned to gill at a pretty notable book then the next day we woke up and it was there so i was joking that he was probably on the horn you know pulling strings <laughs> no, was, lest, yeah yeah let somebody wake up with a horse head in their bed in the morning
2: i wish i had that kind of pull john um okay so you also mentioning now here just before the show like you know you're a pitching guy. But yeah. you've had to you've had to sort of change your behavior, which I guess gets to with the broader question before you even get to that, which is the the always changing baseball itself or the or you know what they're doing to the baseball, you know, I, I don't know how you keep up with this anymore. Or have you found it frustrating to try to just isolate the general run environment?
6: Yes, it's infinitely frustrating, but it's also being equally applied. So everyone is dealing with the same problem. We're all trying to build a boat in the middle of the ocean. Those of us, you mentioned the F word, flexible. I like to use the M word for malleability. To me, that has been the key to my success throughout my entire career. I, I don't want to say it was the first. I obviously didn't invent F5 betting. But once I eliminated that variable, I pushed that to the fore, that type of betting has become prominent, and it was successful. So I don't mind bucking general trends. As you mentioned, I was a pitching guy early in the season. Pitching was dominant, analysis was paramount, and we were doing excellent. You and I talked about the moving of the fulcrum as the totals moved, the average total was moving. Why? The run environment was changing. And right now, pitching is more of a way to avoid a landmine, I think, than look to suppress offense. So I've been looking towards offensive bets. Again, something I mentioned to you, I don't want to keep going on and on, but it really does matter, this malleability. Anyone that's followed my work knows. I used to never, ever post over-unders. And I know people going, wow, that's so popular. Yeah, not for me, because they're always listed at minus 110 for a reason. There is no edge to be had. The books make their money on volume vigged on both sides. This is evidenced everywhere you see across major sports. So I, Looking for edge would get away from that. Now, we've got to be getting with totals. The thing I've really gotten into, again, trying to lean on my strengths, because I think specialization of trade is very important, using this kind of granular pitching analysis that I do towards these total base props, which right now I think are not only mispriced, but are probably gonna end up, in my opinion, the same way F5 ended up being very prominent. I believe these will be very prominent. And again, not to toot my own horn, but I would like to put one gold star on my big nose, because we have achieved, insane amounts of clv and again you and i again have spoke about the value of clv so i'm not trying to make it as a definition of edge but one thing it is definitive of is price so meaning whenever we are able to beat the market on an app grill i'm not exaggerating and i got the receipts man when you talk this much smack you have to back it up right 25 35 cents on every play every day, that's where you wanna be because it helps lower that win percentage needed. So in six million words or less, there's my take on being malleable.
2: When you say 25, 35 cents, what's your average? You're not averaging beating at 25, 35 cents a day, are you?
6: I'm gonna have to start calculating it. We really just started pushing these to the fore. And I, as as a handicapper, I really try and be beyond transparent. Meaning when I post my daily picks, Gil, I take the current price, not the first price that I got in the morning and I leave subs and followers out to dry. I take the current price. But given these movements, I- I'm just imploring people to get on them in the morning, because we're talking, again, every play, if you want to do the first one right now, yes. I'm going to put as close to a guarantee on it. Let's do the first one right now. It's Mike Trout is listed against Daniel Lynch at plus 110 for over one and a half total bases. Take this one to the bank. It's going to be minus 110, minus 15. Come first pitch. There's your 25 cents. Daniel Lynch, 520 ERA, 1-5 whip, 800 OPS. But even worse, he's very inefficient. The Walk rate over 10. The foul ball rate, which again, very short people are getting on. We know with the limited... Workload for pitching now. Every pitch, Gil, let's say call it 100 pitches, every pitch is 1% of workload. The batter that gets up there and starts foul balls off, he's really taxing the game 22% foul ball. 44 fly ball, 47 hard hit, and Mike Trout is slaughtering left-handed this year. 23% barrel, 16% blast. This is year-to-date, 1,100 OPS, year-to-date, 500 X WOBA year-to-date, four home runs. And more importantly, as we get into these total base props, the thing that I like to do is talk about sustainability. We want to be looking at ISO. ISO is a measure of... Extra bases, really, it's isolated slugging, but 316 ISO means Mike Trout gets an extra base hit 31.6% of the time. If we're going to get four at-bats, how about even three against Lynch? The odds are in our favor. This one shouldn't be plus 110. And again, Trout's going to get on the first... Top third of the lineup. He's going to get the extra plate appearance against a bad bullpen. Look for a 20 to 30 cent move on this one for sure. Mike Trout's not going to be plus money. Come first pitch, put it in the books.
2: That's over one and a half total bases. Just to clarify, you mentioned 22% foul ball rate. What is an average foul ball rate for a pitcher for a starting pitcher?
6: You want to be below 20, probably around like eight and a half. Gosh, Gil, I really got to thank you because context is key. And sometimes even myself, as I add to the analysis, I left a blind spot there. So really, thank you. But what really, when you think about 22% or higher than that, nearly a quarter of those pitches getting fouled off, that's unacceptable, especially in those two strike counts. You have
2: one more total base prop, and we love this because this we, we, called, we have for two years now, we've called this guy the official baseball player of primetime action.
6: Oh, yes. I love Ryan Mountcastle again, plus money over one and a half total bases against Patrick Corbin nefarious gas can seven era one eight whip last seven times out single digit k minus walk two and a half home runs per nine in that span across the entire arsenal he has a minimum 490 expected slug and a plus 630 x slug on his fastball and sinker combination where we're going to be looking to capitalize with ryan mountcastle his last 30 plate appearances against lefties he has a 444 batting average 1100 ops Two home runs, and, of course, that all-important isolated slug, not going to leave you out to dry, 33% ISO, his last 30 batted ball events, 22% barrel, 11 blast, a nearly 600 expected wobble on contact. Again, we're going to get the extra plate appearance. Washington bullpen has been bad. Give me Mountcastle over this one. I actually think we might get this one first at bat
2: nefarious gas can patrick i'd like to i'd like to interview him but, you know john legesa called you a nefarious gas can he'd be like who's a john legesa um all right you have what you besides the two props there on trout and mount castle you do have a first five
6: play do you have yeah but I, really it's coming with the preface and again why i enjoy connecting with you so much Gil, is the theory that comes with it anybody could get a play who cares about the outcome I really I know I don't I don't bet enough to let it affect me but the thing that I'm on and this is what I was mentioning before malleability is I'm over Yankees and Rays F5 three and a half my model is screaming over when the model has screamed over this year I am just playing it and the reason I'm saying it with this inflection is because I normally would see Jordan Montgomery Shane Baz and not even think about playing it over. But Montgomery's given up two or more run runs nine times. He is a professional pitcher. We are talking about having to suppress the Yankee offense. And then, of course, getting that fourth run for a cash. I'm just, I'm, I'm going for it. I know the Rays' offense has struggled, but that's actually the weaker side of that matrix we just need the Yankees to get two or three off Boz. The Yankees have been getting two or three off everyone. So I'm gonna trust the model. I'm gonna trust the offense. And coming from Wall Street, the trend being our friend and go over three and a half first five Yankees raise.
2: Okay. Over three and a half Yankees raise first five. Yankees who have lost two of three, by the way. What's happening? Oh my God. I oh, it's have... over. It's over. It's over. Sell. it's over. <laughs> uh, and then the two and then, Aaron <laughs> and then the two total base props again. Mount Castle and Trout. Big names in baseball. Don't sleep. Ryan Mountcastle, that's for sure. John, always appreciate it. At MLB, at MLB Moving Average. at That's uh, at MLB Moving AVG for Thank all of John's so much, stuff. Man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it.
6: Appreciate it,
2: man. John Leguesa from Mayo Media Network and The Athletic. We'll come back. Jake Hahn on the Stanley Cup game number four tonight. Next.
3: A numbers game with Gil Alexander
0: on VSEN, the sports betting network.
2: The VSEN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VSEN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VSEN's daily best bets. That would include Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily Best Bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19. That's it, 19 To be a subscriber through July 31st, sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Brian, by the way, can I pull a little fast one on you here? Uh, we talked extensively yesterday about Paulo Banquero uh, and how, you know, with Drew we talked about – and so first of all, I came out here Monday, and I gave a passionate – speech as to why I thought it was ridiculous that Paolo Banchero was anywhere between 9 to 1 or 12 to 1 at that point and I was just talking about it from a basketball perspective it's you know the clip is out there and how I just didn't make any sense to me why he had those long odds and now uh, we talked to Drew Dinsick yesterday he was he was thinking the same thing people were betting into this like we don't, none of us know. Let me just preface it again. None of us have any idea if Paolo Bancaro is going to go first. I swear I don't know. None of us know. In fact, he might not. I just want just to, again, point out, though, the difference between what is a sensible bet, whether it gets home or not. So in the end, like, Paolo Bancaro, by the way, is south of $2 at Will Hill. Like, he's like plus 175 over there now. Wow. Bet MGM, though, outside of Nevada, because again, there's only, there's literally only two places now in town. William Hill and I think the Westgate finally put up number one as well. But nobody else has anything on the NBA draft in the state of Nevada. So for those of you who can bet it at DraftKings, at Bet MGM outside of the state of Nevada, uh, Jabari Smith is minus 250. Paulo Banquero is plus 240. That's pretty much where you'll find Banquero's number right about now. And Chet Holmgren to be the number one pick in the draft. Now we're talking four to one. So that's essentially where it is right now. And Drew was on primetime action, Drew Dinsick last night, and I think he said it best. The next move we see, the draft is tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. The next move we see in this market is the correct move, right? That's the one that will actually tell us who will be the number one pick in the draft. But hope everybody has big, fat tickets on Boncaro, just to make it interesting for tomorrow in case it does get home. Let's talk Stanley Cup Finals. Game number four tonight back in Tampa. Jake Hahn from Mayo Media Network joins us at JayHan4, the number four. And, Je- and Jake, we have ourselves a series, I think, yes?
4: Yes, I, I believe we do. And it's so much better to come on and, and talk this game forward with you, Gil, when it's 2-1 sure instead is. of 3-0. I, you know, obviously, if you're an Avs fan, you were rooting for them to go up 3-0 the other night. But anything outside of a Colorado fan, if you're obviously a Tampa fan or if you're just a general NHL fan or if you're just someone that likes to bet on the sport, you want to see 2-1. Let's let's get this thing going into next week, uh, see if we can extend this thing to at least 6 or 7. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to tonight's game.
2: All right, so the big question is, what is Colorado going to do in goal? What should they they do in yes. goal, in your opinion.
4: I believe they should go back to Darcy Kemper here. Now in saying that I don't necessarily trust Darcy Kemper. I I never have. And I have pointed that out as a weak spot for Colorado many times throughout the course of the playoffs. The thing for Colorado is they're so good and they possess the puck so well and they dominate shots on goal and puck possession that sometimes the goaltending doesn't even matter for them. They're just that good. Now Tampa was finally able to expose that weak that weakness in game three, which they weren't able to do in game one and two. They just never tested Darcy Kemper. Colorado basically skated them Off the sheet in the games in Colorado so Tampa was able to at least get a little bit more puck possession some more chances some quality chances for once and the abs goaltending didn't pass the test so if I'm Colorado I go back to Darcy Kemper here. I don't hit the panic button. You're still up 2-1 in this series. You're a road win away tonight from taking complete control and bringing this thing back to Colorado with the cup in the building on Friday night. So that's how I would play it, reading in quotes from Jared Bednar. It feels like he's going to go with Darcy Kemper, but I, I guess there's always that possibility that he throws us a curveball tonight.
2: Yeah, it feels that way. I'm, I'm with you on that. By the way, if you're just a casual hockey fan out there, if you can't appreciate what this is right now, heading into game four, a 2-1 series between a team that's trying to three-peat and another that's trying to win their first since 2001 and has really flirted with it or should have been, according to many pundits, flirting with it over the last couple of years. Man, I don't know how, if you have a pulse on this. Uh, this game four is a coin flip. The total remains at six. We've seen three overs already in this series. Do you think that that's just random that it was three overs, or do you think that's actually something we should take note of and that there's a bet that follows that?
4: Yeah, I I think there's something to it. And I was really curious where the total was going to go in this series because we saw game one open with the flat six, like you mentioned, and we've had three overs and it really hasn't budged. Honestly, if you look at the odds right now, and, and it depends on where you look, I'm seeing the over six tonight rated even money, and the under six actually shaded at about minus 120. So you're actually getting, I think, a little bit of value with the over tonight. And the reason why I still like the over, and I still think we could get a high-scoring game. I just talked about the abs inefficiencies between the pipes. So whether they do go with Kemper tonight, or whether they go to Pablo Francos, I think Tampa has a decided edge in that department, and they can score on Colorado if they're able to get those chances. And we know what the abs can do offensively. Does, even though they lost the game on Monday to Tampa, and they only scored a couple of goals they had north, north of 35 shots in that game and they were testing Vasilevsky and he had to make some acrobatic saves just to keep that to two goals so it easily could have been three four maybe even five for Colorado in that game they pushed the pace offensively. I'm looking at another over tonight, Gil. I, I think a flat six is a pretty fair number as well.
2: Boy, game uh, game two. It was it was a free roll halfway through the hockey game for the overs, and it got there once again. So okay, still a couple more questions. One then the, the series price. I was asked you obviously about the adjusted series price. Tampa Bay down two to one, plus two forty-ish, pretty much right where they were down um, one to nothing in the series as well. Any plus 250, actually, to be exact, is what we're showing consensus at VEASAN.com. Any desire to take that? I mean, how do you feel about this long term beyond tonight?
4: Yeah, personally, it's not going to be for me. I already have the the Tampa Cup future, so I'm not going to be doubling down on on the plus 250. But I think it's a pretty fair number. Like, if you don't have exposure to Tampa already and you feel like this is the classic story that we see with Tampa all the time, they start these series slow And then they sink their teeth into it. They make their adjustments. They watch the tape. They figure these teams out. So if you believe in that narrative and you think that that's the way this series is playing out, I think plus 250 for uh, the two-time champions in Tampa Bay is a pretty fair number. Obviously, the problem is they lose tonight's game. And you you would get a much bigger number going into Friday in Colorado. And they still have to prove to me and prove to the rest of us that they can win a game in Colorado. I, I mean, you saw those games, Gil. Uh, they did take the first one to overtime, but they really had no business doing it. Colorado was clearly the better team in both of those games, blew them out 7-0 in one game as well. So they're still going to have to figure that out, winning in, in Colorado. But I do think plus 250 is a, is a pretty fair number for a team like Tampa Bay that's shown us many times in the past that they're able to make these mid-series adjustments.
2: I was going to say, Lord knows if there's a team that figures it out, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning year after year yeah. here these last few years. Uh, OK, and so then there's Conn Smythe, which we've talked about a number of times, but I want to bring it up again because because of the high scoring, right, we we had sort of had the conversation where it's like, OK, even when they were down one nothing, I can't remember exactly where you and I talked before, but it's like, OK, if you still have conviction on the lightning, Andre Vasilevsky is still probably the guy. He was hovering around, I mean, at 1.4 to 1, then it got up to 6 to 1, and then now here we are down 2 to 1. He's back down to plus 380. But let me just ask you this, Jake. Because of the high-scoring nature of this, now, obviously, if, if Tampa Bay comes back and wins it, the assumption is, you know what they say about assuming, the assumption is, is that Vasilevsky will play well. But let's just say they win the series, but do so in these high-scoring games. He then doesn't really become a virtual lock to win Conn Smythe if Tampa Bay gets there, right?
4: I, I think you're on to something there completely. And and the way that this series has gone so far, I don't want to say it takes Vasilevsky out of the picture because it, as you look on the odds board, he's still the favorite amongst Tampa Bay Lightning players. And he probably should be based on his body of work leading up to the Stanley Cup final. But he hasn't exactly been amazing. He did play a great game in game number three. I mentioned this player last week uh, for Tampa Bay and the odds have actually grown, uh, probably just because Tampa's down in this series and they're losing 2-1. But keep an eye on Steven Stamkos. He scored a big goal. He had a, another assist in the last game Kucherov is banged up. I think he's gonna play tonight. He should be good to go, but he did pick up an injury late in that game. Braden points obviously out as well for Tampa Bay. They're starting to accumulate some injuries from their top players. It might just be last man standing up there for Steven Stamkos and also a bit of that lifetime achievement award for him. Everybody loves Stamkos. He battled some terrible injuries to get back to a very high level that he's playing at right now. So Stamkos at 25-1, to if you feel like Tampa Bay can come back and win this series, I actually think that's a great number, and it's grown from around 13-14-1 from last week.
2: That'd be a nice fun bet to have to to live through as well. And then if Colorado does take this home, Kale McCarr is a is still the favorite, but he he's not as big of a favorite as he was. Is there an opening for somebody else, or, or are you still going with him?
4: Yeah, I'm still going with him. From I mean we've we've talked about this throughout the playoffs, and at one point he was around plus five hundred, plus five fifty, and and that's where you really had the value with Kale McCarr. So to me, that's gone now. But if you want to look in in other routes, there. I mean, this is a recency bias award. Sometimes it comes down to who has that big game in a closeout game, and they'll just give it to that player, so I wouldn't rule out a Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Miko Rantanen's putting up some big numbers as well, but I think McKinnon's probably blocking him a little bit amongst those forwards, so McKinnon at, at plus 450, I think if you're looking for true value on the Colorado side, that's probably the play, because McCar is long gone at this point.
2: Jake, you're awesome. I, it would not shock me if we're talking about a Game 7 you and I next week here on the show.
4: I hope so. I, would, I, hope, I hope I'm back here talking about a game seven, Gil.
2: I would love that. I would absolutely love great. that. Keep giving us content, hockey. Keep, keep giving us <laughs> yeah. content. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate it, man.
4: Right. Great stuff, Gil. Have a, have a nice day. Enjoy you the too. game.
2: You too. Jake Hahn at jhan 4 hahn on Twitter. Our own Josh Towers stops in next. Numbers Game Visa, the sports Betting Network.
8: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200 and win $200 in free bets. You place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the king of sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in... Nevada and Mississippi. It's Gil Alexander. Brian Ortega in for uh, Jeff Parlay this morning. Jeff Parlay is still under the weather. Jeff uh, thinks he'll be back tomorrow, but we shall see. Brian doing a yeoman's job. Yeoman's job. Uh, You you must apologize for the Max Homa misinformation yesterday, though. Max Homa still on the PGA Tour. Still on the PGA Tour. Drew me off a bit. Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to have that one back. Other than that, though, unscathed, Brian. Brian Ortega's TV recommendations coming up later.
3: Oh, I'm jacked up about it.
2: I'm jacked up about it because now I have some time to actually, you know, watch TV. We got some
3: doozies for you. We got some that like have multiple seasons. We have a miniseries. Oh, we got a lot of good stuff. I think you're going to enjoy.
2: Mr. Entertainment, Brian Ortega. Is that what we're going with? What was the thing yesterday that they called you? They call me whatever they want. That's basically it. Yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. He is a regular at this network, former Major League Baseball player, and again, among his career accomplishments, giving up Barry Lamar Bond's 747th ding-dong. It's Josh Towers. How you doing, Josh? <laughs> you
7: know, it, does, it still doesn't amazing. that's your favorite thing about me, that I gave up <laughs> a to Barry Bond. Listen,
2: if I gave up 747th <laughs> homer to Bonds, I would, I would wear it so proudly. I'd be like, man, he really took me deep.
7: Uh, let me just uh, – Hey, Gil. Yes. Get, Giving up homers is—it's uh, not really
2: fun. Hey, What producer number is Brian Ortega? Brian Ortega is not a producer number because you have to be a producer for at least oh, three fine. months to be a producer number. Oh,
7: got you. Okay. Yeah. But Go thank
2: ahead. you for asking. Okay. Thank you. I know because you—you—you <laughs> you take copious notes on this kind of thing. By the way, I—I I also want to bring up something too, and you—you may hate me for bringing this up, but are you still watching? Are you still watching? Are you still watching Ninety Day Fiance? Josh, is that still your thing?
7: <laughs> yes, I do. Um they are starting to put on too many shows and they're starting to run together but yeah no I still watch it I need to get some better characters like Big Ed and some people from the bass but yeah I
2: like it so don't 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 feel embarrassed <laughs> Jason Weingarten and I watch it too the the only thing is once uh we were watching a uh, I was watching an old uh, the, the the cast members were like reading fan tweets and uh, Big Ed, Ed and shoulders goes, this is from a Josh Towers. And I'm like, what? So I text Josh. I'm like, Josh, you watch 90 Day? He goes, yeah, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's like, well, I think <laughs> I think Big Ed just told the world. All right, Josh, I'm curious. You, 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 you have better insight into pitchers than, than anyone around here. And I want to get into AL Cy Young and NL Cy Young markets with you right now. As you go to the AL... And we'll show we'll show the numbers on all these guys, but who yeah. do you like right now? Because because it's not a, it's certainly not a definitive choice here. What who would you bet?
7: Hey, I don't I don't like to brag too much. Not I mean, sports betting is such a difficult thing. But man, I like was spot on about Nestor Cortez yesterday. He, like you got to cross out guys like that. Like you know, like he he's having a great season. But I told those guys on air that I guess like, it sounds stupid, but. You see how he's mic'd up every day, and now he's the face of the Yankees. He's doing stuff he's never done before. All the distraction, and he goes out there and you know has a bad day yesterday. Uh, You got to cross out Shane McClanahan, and I I don't mean any disrespect. I'm in love with this kid the way he pitches. He's phenomenal. I personally don't think Kevin Cash is going to let him go six and seven all year. Hmm. I think at some point they're going to back him off. They're going to try to protect him. Any count's going to come down. I don't think he could do enough in four months ish, four and a half months to win the Cy Young. By personal opinion, uh, this race is it's kind of up in the air. I mean, obviously Verlander knows how to finish a season, and I think that's very important. I, I Dylan Seast for me, is having a good season. He's too up and down. Uh, I mean, we might get a sneaky like Robbie Ray from last year in this thing, but. I guess it's the same thing with uh, Garrett Cole. I mean, he I was gonna, phenomenal most of the time. Didn't give up eight.
2: I was going to ask you about Garrett Cole because it, it's it's one of these things where we we thought of Garrett Cole as this ace, and then because of what went down last year and the crackdown, let's say on what pitchers could do with the baseball. Remember, he was the most vocal. He was out there, and people took it as mm-hmm. kind of whiny. Remember, that was the first sort of impression of it. And Garrett Cole is eight to one, and he's just sitting out there. That's not a good bet.
7: Yeah, right. I think it's a I, I do think it's a good bet. Again, you've got to understand, man, if we shot last year with Bryce Harper, right? What was his off season goal with Paul Seawall the year before? It was how do we get stronger as the season ends? How do we not fade but we get better? And look what Paul Seawall did. He had an amazing year in Seattle as a reliever. Uh, and now he's a sort of a big league and Bryce Harper wins the M V P like you got to understand, as veterans, we know how to finish what we started. We don't taper and get tired seven to eight months into uh, a year-round season for us. And so, again, with these young kids, it's very rare that they'll do it. Manoa's got a lot to learn, but he looks amazing, right? Um, so I, I think when I look at all this, you know, inning count is a big deal, and strikeouts become a big deal to these voters for whatever reason. Wins in this day and age, you don't get as many wins as you used to because of that. Uh, this is the way we get pulled for relievers, so I, I think Garrett Cole, like, yeah, like he sure he throws out some big numbers that one now in the end, but then he goes eight scoreless on no hits and he strikes yeah. out twelve, and then he pads the stats, right? So yeah, I think eight to one is a great bet. We didn't get that free flop.
2: Garrett Cole, who got into the uh, eighth inning with a no hitter the other night, let's go to the National League Josh, yeah. if you will. Uh, National League is is also very There's only one guy. Only one guy. Who's your guy?
7: One guy. It's Alcantara.
2: Would you bet him at plus 275 if someone were landing on it right now, or is that too short?
7: <laughs> that's the only issue, right? I mean, pre-fly, we probably had a better number, uh, complete opposite of the American League. Uh, that's tough. Like, that's such a low number. But, I mean, again, he's at 99 innings. So if we go back to just all of Major League Baseball, and we go innings count. Like, the next closest guy is Nolan, Aaron, at 89, and we know he's not in the mix. Um and then we got Miles Michaelis, He's having a good season, the 4-4, 5-5, probably not going to get done at 88 innings. Like, he's, he has such a uh, leg up on innings. The only thing with, with Sandy is, is the, the 90 strike up to 99 innings. But, like, the guy has – he's got a 1-7, 2 on the Marlins, and he goes eight innings every start. Like, he's gotten better and better every year that we've seen him. Um, if it ended today, it's definitely him. So he's my favorite going in. But, again, uh, we got a lot of baseball left.
2: Yeah, well, let me ask you just about a guy like Tony Gonzalez who's nine and zero now nine and zero. he's at 20 and one, obviously playing for one of the marquee teams in baseball, if not the most marquee in the Dodgers. And so I'm just curious, you, you obviously you haven't pitched at the major league level in a while, but you certainly were coaching here in the last couple of years. So you, you are tapped in to how, you know, the buzz around the league. And I'm just curious, do wins and losses, this is just for me, do pitchers care much more about that stuff than the media now does?
7: Yeah, it, 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 I don't know how to explain it emotionally, but like, it's all we think about when we go to the field. And it's great to go seven innings and two runs and our team wins. It really is. You feel pretty good about yourself. But there's something about you getting that win that's a, that's completely different. Like you you really feel like you did your job. Like that's our ultimate goal. But when it comes to the long term mental evaluation of what we're trying to accomplish and trying to get paid. Like, we want innings and quality starts. Like, we want things that I can control. No walks, giving my team a chance. Like, that becomes the payday thing that we think about. But selfishly, like, wins are the biggest thing that we think about because it's the first thing that pops up on every status. The first thing you see on the scoreboard when you're playing catch and your name's going across the marquee, like, it's a big deal to us. I mean, look. Listen, and, and and other teams need to take notes, right? The Dodgers are one of the best teams. If not the best team in baseball, they got a lot of injuries. People are down, and they got Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson, who nobody counted on, at 17 and 0 with a two, maybe a two, even ERA combined. Like these two guys are amazing. Listen, Tony Gonsolin. Look at his career stats. He can okay, pitch. This guy's pitching every level. He's been legit at every level. The only reason I say at this point it's hard for him is because he has. Thirty less innings and thirty less strikeouts than anybody else in the National League who's leading that charge. Right, that's a massive, massive thing. But this guy goes twenty-two and zero. Like, how do you hide that? How do you how do you not give it to him, even considering the innings and, and, and count down? I mean, but so thirty-five hits and sixty-eight innings. Like, this kid's doing it. Yeah. yeah.
2: So that's the, so that's what I'm trying to get at. Again, I'm just trying to like you know look at every possible angle on this. Last year, Julio Rios went twenty and three. And didn't even he sniff it, right? He was he was tied for seventh in NL Cy Young voting. So like yeah. tw- twenty and three won't cut it. Twenty two and zero, which is what you threw out. Now that's a whole different subject. You almost have to give it to him at that point. uh... One last thing on this.
7: So- it w- real quick I'll cut you real quick yeah. so if we're talking about Gonzon then is Musgrove not the favorite over Gonzon right now like, you 8 now with the 159 79 innings compared to 68 81 strikeouts compared to 64 like yeah Musgrove is the second over
2: Tony. only 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 Alcantara is shorter than Musgrove yeah Musgrove's plus 425 Alcantara's plus oh, 270 you, okay. yeah but Gonzon what you
7: think
2: 24. Tony was that 20 to 1
7: 20, yeah, worth, 20 to 1 that's worth a stab.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the last thing: if Jacob Degrom showed up tomorrow, is it still too late for him to win this?
7: <laughs> where are we at? Yeah, April, May, June. Yeah, you can't do it in three months.
2: Can't do it. Okay. Right. can Impossible. Yeah, I can't give
7: it to
2: him. Josh Towers, everybody at No Don't Josh is where you can find him on the Twitter machine, or you know, maybe go to a 90 Day Fiance shows and he'll show up there too. Thank you, Josh. <laughs>
7: Appreciate it. Later, buddy.
2: Josh Towers, everybody. Best golfer at VEASAN 2, I'm told. There was a VEASAN invitational. Josh Towers may win it. Some might have something to say about that, but my money's on Josh. We'll come back. Jason Weingarten on baseball, Major League Baseball. Brad Porras on college baseball. Coming back, Numbers Game. VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.